What if I feel bad about being sexual? Been there, done that. All right, so I wanted to pop over and just say a quick promo because I get a lot of thank yous. I actually got, a, we both got these really beautiful thank yous in the mail. And a, it, they're just beautiful, heartfelt thank yous. And always saying, well, what can we do to thank you? You guys have done, have this impact on our life. Well, one really simple way to say thank you is our $2 option over on Patreon. It helps us not come out of pocket to give you guys this free content each week for the podcast. So it helps with the production side and it helps with taking care of the behind the scenes that you guys don't always get to see. And so we're just really thankful today for our $2 patrons. And Absolutely. You guys can pop over to Patreon and, and do that. It's just a, a simple way to say thank you. And if you want more tips and tricks, a little more education and how to, then you can bump over to the $20 a month option which gives you that we're going to do our Q&A right after this podcast and post it in Patreon. And then of course we have our more intimate one-on-one group calls that we do. We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. All right, guys, let's uh, jump into a review. This is called Healing and Helping. Um, It says this, I initially stumbled across your podcast when I was looking for help on how to cope with my husband's alcohol addiction. But as I listened, I realized I never fully grasped the fact that he is so addicted to porn. I had never even heard the phrase betrayal trauma, but immediately resonated with Ashlyn's journey. Your podcast has given me a clear picture of the difference between sobriety and true recovery and it has encouraged me to stay firm in my boundaries for my own well-being and to encourage my husband to pursue not just outward compliance, but inward restoration. Shortly after I started listening to you guys, a close friend shared with me that her husband had an affair, and she had absolutely no idea where to turn for help because she lives in a small community. I immediately shared your podcast with her, and she has found a lot of comfort and wisdom in your words as well. Thank you for modeling the pursuit of health and healing, as well as sharing your journey with others so they can heal too. Oh, that was awesome. I, and I this, this part really uh, struck me when she said uh, that she was encouraging her husband not to uh, for outward compliance, but inner, inward restoration. Man, I totally resonate with that, and I just want to say thanks for sending that uh, that in. Remember, um, if, if for those of you who are listening, I'd love to have you rate and review uh, the podcast. And the more reviews, the more ratings that we get, um, the more searchable and the, the easier found this podcast can be. So you might not want to share an episode. That might not be your jam. But if you uh, review and rate, that will help us help others find the podcast. And how powerful is it to just have that personal one-on-one, like she mentioned, of mm-hmm. sharing with a friend? powerful absolutely yes so thank you okay so it is the final uh week of september and uh sex is a a very tricky topic uh, especially when we talk a lot about sex addiction and betrayal trauma um it's complicated and um it's interesting because most couples that i see um they've experienced some betrayal recently um, there's some addiction going on, 
um, their intimacy and their trust and their foundation, their relationship is not very good. Um, but sex persists. Sex continues. It goes and goes. And sex can be very destructive and unhealthy um, in the relationship um, done in, in the wrong way. And um, what I, what I want to say is that as we talk about sex, uh, and the topics we've talked about this month I don't think have really um, like sent this message, but as we talk about sex and sextember, what we're not saying is that you should be having sex and you should be having more and more sex. And the, you know, the goal of, of a healthy relationship is intimacy and that you do have emotional and spiritual and sexual connection. And um, sexual intimacy is such an important part of that. But don't should yourself into it. Work on the work on the underneath the foundational pieces, so that you can let it flourish. And and so uh, wherever you're at today, that's where you're at. Um, and start there, and then you can move forward from there. Yeah. So I think it is one of those uh, body cues, right? Saying, hey this is something that's uncomfortable. Maybe you don't want to listen to any of these episodes or you've skipped them. Maybe you're listening a year later and you're ready for it. Um, That's okay. But take that body cue and it may take you, it took me a long time to get there where I was ready to say, I'm, I'm working on the next step, which is my sexual intimacy. It's, it's pretty shocking, Ashlyn, that you want to talk about sex and want to go there in with where you're at in your recovery because you at, at times i'm sure you weren't there right oh, you weren't no, in that no, space no. at all <laughs> no because right. the beginning of last year is when i really started to dive into it right and and to really like own it as my own and not let kobe and his Dictate pressure and, and yes yeah and just say you know what i'm gonna figure this out for me and I'll meet you where I'm at. And it just has been a really great journey for me personally to just have that. And so it is a big deal that yeah. I've gone from like, we can't even have a conversation about sex to, you know what, let's just talk with the world about <laughs> right. sex. Right, here we are. And yeah. we're definitely not sharing our you know intimacy secrets with you. But Absolutely. Yeah, we're here. Awesome. So, okay, there's one thing that really breaks down healthy sex and relationship and it's just that sex um, from a very young age we can be taught that sex is bad dirty wrong disgusting shameful and those messages come in a bunch of different ways to us and um, you know as we believe those things that sex is bad or sex is dirty um, we're all sexual beings and, and therein lies hiding a lot of who we are sexually because we just feel bad about who we are. Um, if you're, and now let me, let me talk about the different things that, that contribute to this message. Um, well first and foremost is your parents. Uh, if your parents are really awkward and uncomfortable with talking about sex, they're sending a message to you that, Hey, this is an awkward, weird thing. That maybe you shouldn't talk about. That maybe you shouldn't (laughs) talk about. But guess what? You're still going to be aroused and you're still going to be attracted to people and you're still going to have this drive that's inside of you. But let's not really talk about it because it's awkward and uncomfortable. Right. So it sends that message of this is this is weird. Um, And also a message of something must be wrong with you when you do have those normal and sexual feelings. Absolutely. So and, and, and therein lies the the development of shame, right? Something's wrong with me because who I really am is, is disgusting and wrong. 
Um, so yeah, if your parents didn't talk to you about it at all, it, they sent the message that, hey, we want to avoid this topic because it's, it's hard to talk about. Um, so I'm not trying to blame your parents, but um, a lot of parents suck at sex education. It's true. Yeah. And, and so there's that. There's also um, the, the religious side of things, which, you know, if you're, you're raised in a highly rigid religious system, there's a lot of messages w- about sex. And uh, wha- what are some of those messages? That it's bad. <laughs> Period. <laughs> yeah. Save it till yeah. marriage. And if you don't, you're now broken. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I <laughs> on that note, I vividly remember being 20 and, and serving um, a church mission for my church. And <laughs> this was all in the midst of, um, of trying to um, change my own life. But I remember vividly saying, while I was in the midst of like masturbating, um, I want to. I want to marry a girl who is pure and virtuous, and uh, who hasn't had sex before marriage. I really remember saying that, mm-hmm. and it was out of. It was from a place definitely of shame, definitely of shame, because I was really thinking about um, the place that I was coming from. Because I had so much shame that I that I couldn't even you know serve a religious mission and not masturbate. And um, I just had these misconceptions that that's what was, that was the thing to have. That was the thing to be. And um, because a person is, <laughs> it's defined by whether they're, you know, they have their virginity when they're married or not. And I mean, it was just out of ignorance, but also there was no shortage of pride and arrogance in that statement. Right. As a 20 year old either. Right. Like superiority. You know what I mean? Right. Which is like completely ridiculous. Okay, so you're superior because you're going to get a virtuous woman who's pure, right? Um, the The other thing that that's interesting uh, is is lust. This idea of lust don't don't lust after somebody. Don't, well, well, I I ask people a lot. Well, what is that? What is lust? And they give me their definition of it as to what they've been taught a lot of times at church about what lust is, and their definition is very much like don't be sexual. Um, don't, don't be sexual at all. That's lust. Sex and lust are the same thing in their mind. And, and that's not true. Um, sexuality is not lust. Uh, lust is a self-indulgent fantasy that separates you from reality. Um, sexuality is reality. You, you have sexuality inside of you. Um, and when, when, you know, the, the message is that God is looking down on your sexuality all the time, then you want to hide it and you feel bad. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to like get in the discussion. There's commandments. There's certain, certain religions have certain, um, beliefs that they believe in, like be it masturbation is bad or whatever it is. Um, but I had a church leader once say, and this is really interesting all growing up for me, the message was your sexuality is bad. You know, when you're, when you're 12, 13 years old, don't have, don't have a sexual thought about a girl, you know? And it's like, okay, how do I, as a 13 year old boy, like, how do I, how do I turn that off? Um, and masturbation is bad. Don't masturbate. Don't do this. Don't do that. All this stuff about sex. Um, 
a few years back, a church leader, I heard him say, look, masturbation is something that every young man is going to do and um, that they learn, need to learn how to manage and deal with. And I heard that from a church leader and it was like, what? Like, you know, that, that way of thinking was so much more accepting of what is, because the reality is, is what percentage of, of young boys and girls for that matter are masturbating? I don't think we have that research exactly, but a large amount. <laughs> yeah. Most, right? Um, and so if most are masturbating, the answer to come down on them and say, masturbation is bad, don't do it, don't do it. What what's gonna happen is they're gonna keep masturbating, they're just gonna hide it. Um and the shame a, builds. And the shame builds. As opposed to having an open discussion about who they are and what their sexuality is and how to manage that. Yeah, and the I, managing part I think is so interesting that you tie that in because that's really what we're seeking in all of this is like are we using sex as a release for stress are we using masturbation for you know whatever those things are so teaching that is also an emotional intelligence skill set that we're saying hey we want to be able to do this as well but you don't teach that emotional intelligence skill set with rigidity which is straight up don't do all or nothing what you do with that black or white all or nothing don't do system is just create this good girl syndrome and this good boy syndrome um, which is you know basically equating sex to um, something that's disgusting and dirty and wrong but I would Um, also argue that along with that there is also pain it's like it's like man imposed human imposed pain and shame upon something that is beautiful that is pleasurable that is connecting that's that's one of the you know treasured aspects of life in relationships and god-given and yeah 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 and god-given and here we go as so 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 l- humans let me let me try to that. try to rephrase what you said kobe what force and control around sexuality doesn't encourage healthy sexuality right does that make sense yes um and if you know, if if some man comes in and says, "This is how you do it," or this is that now, and what I'm hearing you say, Ashlyn, is what encourages uh, the development of healthy sexuality is emotional intelligence and connection and learning and openness. Yeah, right? and that safe place to even ask questions. <coughs> which I'm not gonna lie, like even as adults, me opening the topic over on my social media is, I think, very liberating for grown women. To say like, oh, you're giving me a space that I can ask these questions that I don't necessarily dare even ask anyone. So let's talk about what this good girl syndrome is and and, and good boy syndrome for that matter as well. Um, It's in. uh, Oh, before we do, I want to say we talked about religion. We talked about parents. The other thing that can really drive sex is disgusting or wrong is addiction is, you know, as you're acting out with pornography, it's something you're indulging in and using um, but it's also something that you're feeling horrible about. And so you're constantly rejecting and shaming yourself about your sexuality. So, you know, as, as your sexuality is developing, it's intertwined with shame because of the addiction as well. So that's something as well. Um, and it's interesting, our producer, he was just saying, well, you know, do, do guys have, do, do, do porn addicts have this good boy syndrome too? And I, I said, I, Mo- like um, almost all of them 
because all of them have this deep down feeling of disgust and shame around their sexuality. Um, and so, yeah, they, they feel disgusting and wrong about a lot of things that they're doing. But can um, I just point out something here? Because I always knew I had good girl syndrome. Right. Because it really was for me like a light, a flip of a switch. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. Now you're married. Go, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, but I don't know how to flip that switch yeah. overnight. Yes. And so it was really hard for me. And so I, we didn't even go there with Kobe. Like he definitely didn't have it because he had this other problem of addiction that he was. Well, and he's just indulging and yeah. he's just enjoying and yeah. Yeah. So it, he, I think he also felt like I'm up here, you're down here. You're this, you've got to figure out. Sex. I'm this healthy one who's open yeah. to stuff and you're this shut down one that, that isn't right. For sure. Um, let, let's define what this is, this good girl or boy syndrome. Okay. Um, it's feeling, it's feeling guilt or shame more so around pleasure um so if you if you allow yourself to orgasm if you allow yourself to explore to to uh try things with a partner to then you just feel disgusting and wrong and perverted and so um you know it it, it shuts down your sexuality where you'd rather not go there and do those type of things because it just feels bad although it feels really good right so that's that's what that that is does that make sense mm. i would also add self to it right you said you know what did you say explore understand um with your partner but i would also say i, I think that my i think that my good boy syndrome started you know as an adolescent okay you know what i mean like me meaning Meaning I was um, masturbating and looking at porn, really just, ex I guess, exploring myself. But then I would go to church and hear messages, you know, about all the ways that I was bad. And um, so I think that those, that that, that can happen um, as a couple with a partner, but also individually as well. Right, right. Okay. Um, so I agree, Kobe. I'm just trying to think. I'm I'm going to say this because you said something that I think could trigger a lot of the betrayed. Okay. Because um, you said, I'm just exploring myself, but I'm, I'm looking at porn and masturbating. Right. So I I would say you were doing more than exploring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to be sure, but to be sure, without question. I, and I didn't mean to glaze over that. I didn't mean to, to be so dismissive of that, but I think it's... Um, you know, even, I mean, yeah, I, I just think that that's, it has application both with, with partners and individuals. Okay. Um, so yeah, what are we suggesting here? Okay. So, so there's, there's two sides to this coin. Okay. There's the side of, um, go be sexual and enjoy and be you and just, just, you know, bust yourself free and go for it. Right. And then there's this, the other side, which is like, look, there's boundaries and there's, there's, there is some guilt there that, that keeps us in check to make sure that we're safe and that things are good in a relationship, right? That, that's kind of the two extremes. Okay. Okay. So, um, the, the, the syndrome, so to speak, it takes, it takes that, ba those boundaries to the furthest degree. Let's really, let's, let's surround sex with shame to keep you in check. Okay. Um, the other side of it w is 
is kind of this indulgent side of forget it. I'm going to let myself go. So where is a health? Where where is where is healthiness? Can both these things exist at the same time? Yes, I think so. Okay, absolutely. So how? I think stump you guys. Oh well, then I'll tell my answer and you can tell. No, me go for it, Ashlyn. <laughs> I love it. Um, I would say uh, for me, it was safety before I could even move forward with choosing this okay to be like i'm going to be more open i'm going to be willing i'm going to allow myself to go there yes and to kind of like own my stuff but also like i want to do something about it let, let me let me can i i love what you're saying ashton but i want to clarify what go there means okay. it, do, it doesn't mean rip your clothes off and go have sex with kobe as much as you can right right <laughs> sorry for the but but what it does mean is is go educate yourself about what healthy sexuality is for me for you yes um find good resources that that give you permission to to step into what healthy sexuality is yeah not and just hide your head in the sand right that's exactly what i did and i i kind of like cringe a little because i've grown even as i've started the the journey of I'm going to educate myself and look at different sources and figure this out. Right. Um, I remember messaging you uh-huh. and being like, this is what this person said. And it did, like, it hits me wrong because of my betrayal trauma. Like, is what do you think about this? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's there are things that are going to speak to you that you're going to have to like sit in and question. And is this coming from? this good girl syndrome is this coming from my trauma maybe you got a bad resource you know maybe that but like where you have to you can't just take it all in and be like okay but i think (laughs) ashlyn if you're willing to go there you're willing to educate yourself then you tap into your intuition you tap into your gut and it's like okay i will even even though that's uncomfortable for me maybe it feels true so maybe i'll sit with that and explore that um maybe it totally doesn't feel true and I'm not going to listen to that podcast anymore. Or I'm not going to read that book anymore. Um, it, you know, and so, so it's trusting your gut, but it's still, it's still being open to look, this good girl syndrome thing isn't working for me. You know, fierce control and rigidity and shame around sexuality that that's really not helping me be the best version of, of me. And so I'll go search and I'll find things that speak to me that help help unleash and help me break free from some of the the bonds of shame that I'm in around sexuality, right? Okay. Um, So I kind of stepped in, Ashton. Sorry. So educating yourself about it is really important. Um, Creating the safety. Absolutely. Because um, by me saying I'm stepping into this, it was also like Kobe backing off. Yes. Because there wasn't, I mean, we could have open discussions about sex, but it wasn't you anymore. It was I. Yes. And that's a giant difference. Yes. There is such a paradox that I try to get, you know, the men in my groups come in and they complain like, my wife doesn't want to have sex. We never have sex. We never have sex. And, uh, and I'm listening to them and I'm like, yeah, I, I can totally <laughs> see why. Because you're constantly pressuring and destroying safety and and there's this there's this place where um, when the, when pressure is taken off, obligation is gone, that and, and exploration is opened up, then <coughs> sexuality flourishes. It's the craziest right? thing because you would think, I thought the opposite would happen. So say September, I thought, oh my gosh, like saying we're gonna have sex every day, that sounds 
controlling. That sounds forceful. like forceful. It felt like all these things. And what it turned into was the opposite. Right. It, w- it took all of the like questioning. If I do this, will he think I'm going to want to have sex? It was just like, oh, no, we're having sex. So we might as well enjoy the day and be playful. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it just changed things for m- me. That's, and and the, it, it works the opposite way, too. If you, if you do a sex fast and it's done in the right way, it's like, oh, that's off the table. So now, now I we, want you. <laughs> yeah, now I want you because of the pressure's gone. You know? Totally true. So, yeah, okay. So education, safety, okay. Um, there's also some courage there that it's going to take to explore some things. So, like, like you know, I've I've worked with people who have had like seven kids and never had an orgasm. Um, how does that happen? Uh, you know, I've talked about this before. That sex is happening, mm-hmm. but but sex is all about children and sex is all about him probably, right? So for her to be able to step into, no, like it's scary for her, for that woman to step into I'm going to figure out what I like mm-hmm. and who I am and what does it for me. And I'm going to start to speak that to my partner and I'm going to start to be more open about that and enjoy that more and, and face the shame as it comes and learn how to let it go as I, as I enjoy and feel this pleasure. Right. Yeah. And I, I just want to let you, if you are listening and you're, you are that mama, you're not you're alone. Not alone. No. no, that's the most common question I've had all month is like, can you please answer how to figure this out? Because I didn't realize that I was the only one, like I'm not the only one. So, so how to have an orgasm yeah, um, as w- a woman, we, we should do a full episode just on that. But, um, the one thing th- that I do want to say is what Ashlyn said earlier is all women are different and I won't get into the, the specifics of the biology of it all or anything like that. But, um, if you're struggling with orgasm, then it's it's probably an issue in your relationship about connection and attraction um but more so it's about you um figuring out your own individual sexuality who are you and what works for you and and so stepping into that um can be scary if you have a lot of shame around it so agree <laughs> you know the the interesting part about this is is I'm just sitting here reflecting about the good boy syndrome that um, that I have experienced and, and, and still do have. And I would say that one of the big ways that it showed up for me is rejecting my own sexuality. Yeah. Like, for me, that's how good boy syndrome showed up. Um, and... That showed up even as an adolescent, you know, in, 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 and, and certainly in our marriage. And, and what I mean by that is, is just thinking that I'm bad if I have a template that says A, B, or C. Yes. Or um, because it has that, I am bad. And I've no right to ask Ashlyn or even talk to Ashlyn about that. I think my shame, I know my shame, um, shut me down for years, for, for actually probably most of the years, right, Ashlyn, um, in, in talking about that. And even still, it's challenging and hard. This month has been, has been, um, has represents a lot of strides that we have made, I think, in just talking very frankly 
and in a, in a very open way about sex and even sexuality. And um, it's been really important, but I've had moments where I'm like, actually, I'm going to say this, but I'm really scared to, but I'm just going to have courage to say it anyways. And I would just go blah. And um, it's that, that's, that's the piece for me. I, th I think that's where the good boy syndrome showed up. I don't know if you have any other observations, Ashlyn, for me, but that's for sure where I would. Can, can I comment I'll here? S sobriety and recovery, um, sobriety from sex addiction, long-term sobriety. Short-term sobriety can come from shame. It can come for from sure. forcing it. Long-term sobriety from sex addiction comes from um, an acceptance of your sexuality and stepping into it. And I know that sounds backwards, but it, it comes from, from having peace with yourself and knowing who you are. And, and you're, you're able to, to deal with it and manage it much better when you don't have all the, the negative energy up against it. So when you, when you love yourself, you know what your arousal template is, you understand who you are, um, then, then you can manage it, you can have boundaries around it that are really healthy. Um, and, and, you know, th there's this... There's, there's this undercurrent of treatment in, in places where it's, it's let's teach you how to reject your sexuality so you can overcome your sex addiction. What, wait, seriously? Totally. Let's teach you how to not be a sexual person so you can overcome your sex addiction. And the, the opposite is actually true. Let's teach you how to know who you are, love yourself, and accept yourself wow. so that you can overcome your sex addiction. Um, so... And that's C what you're describing. That, is that paradox of rejecting my sexuality? Would you say that that played a role in my acting out? No question, because it, it was a catalyst to shame, and then the shame was was the was the big thing that uh, led to relapse. Yeah, I mean, let me let me walk you through. So you feel bad and unworthy of love mm -hmm. and acceptance. Um, you so you eventually go find that in a false way through pornography, lust, and 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 acting out in those ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you feel good in those moments and it feeds the cycle back around, making you feel bad about who you are and, and s who you are sexually. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it's really interesting. A guy who can say, I totally desire to look at porn today is much less likely to look at porn than the guy who's saying, no, 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 I'm not looking at porn today. I'm not going to do that but deep down really desires to look at porn. Mm. The, the guy who's open about it, honest about it, knows who he is, he, 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 has, he has some power there. And not force, he has some power there. Um, so that good boy syndrome will drive you, that, that trying to be good enough sexually, trying to show people who you are, and that, that will drive you back to addiction. Isn't there like some sense of belonging that is found in a relationship by being the good boy or by being the good girl with your partner? Absolutely not. So what do you mean, Cody? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna say questions. I'm gonna say no. I disagree <laughs> with you on that. But what I'm saying is, 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 I would argue that I actually uh, falsely so. Okay, falsely yeah, so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. But, but I would say that in order for me to feel like I belong in our relationship, Ashlyn, I would try to be the good boy to fit in because I perceived you as being the good girl. Mm. And but like secretly you were the not good boy. Yeah. And, and well, uh, yeah, I was. So, so what I'm saying is, is I would like deny myself, uh, deny myself, but, but that was probably subconscious. It was more like I would shame myself back into this box of 
the, I guess the good boy box, if you will. That will never create. Shrink. That will never create connection. For sure, because it was like I I would just try to fit in. But you'd be a poser, a faker, completely. to try to get yeah. her to stay with completely. you. Completely. Right? And then this this conversation is also <laughs> making me think about all of the ways that codependency in this arena shows up for me. Absolutely. I don't know what you're thinking, Ashlyn. I, so not, I maybe you, you I, can't fake your way into love. No. Right, and and that's if if you're trying to be a good enough boy, um, then you're actually feeding the the cycle again because it's like, well, she accepts me when I'm good enough, like mm-hmm. this. So 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 she accepts my fake self, my false self, my good enough self. Mm-hmm. When in reality, the, especially the the polarity of masculine and feminine, she'll want you when you are authentic and honest and strong and and not fake. Right, you follow me? Sure. Um, and so, is that scary though, Ashley? In some sense, in in moments of honesty, for you, like, wait, he's when Brandon says that, I just go to, like, yes, yeah. I I so understand the whole like needy of I'm trying to. Can you accept me? I'm trying to be and good then, enough. Then like, oh no, like I can show up. I can be me. I this is me. Absolutely. But then and there's this other part. <laughs> that comes out in Kobe of this is me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, and that part is so, and for those like, of you who are listening and <laughs> couldn't see Ashlyn's, you, this is me. And it does, it, it does swing. And I don't know if that's like an addict behavior that, thing and that, where it's when like, when I say phew. strong and powerful and authentic, it's not that. Yeah. Right. That I call that swinging the pendulum from your codependent compliant self to the screw you independent. Right. And, 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 and you know, in the middle there, there's the honest, real self, who, which is attractive, which who can is be like, loving yes. and kind to his partner, but honest at the same time. Yes, I think yeah. in those moments when I have done that, I have felt shame for being honest and still felt judged. I think is what has brought on the 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 fu kind of a thing, and um, that's I mean that just shows obviously just reveals the the work that we still need to do, but. Um, it's it's uh it's like a conscious choice. It is like a, a very conscious choice. And what's staggering to me about this is that just like you said at the very beginning, it's like sex can still take place even with um the good the good girl, the good boy syndrome. And does that does that mean therefore that that means we have to go back and kind of unwind some things in order to yeah safely put in place the relationship, Sometimes, like the cornerstones yes. of the relationship? Well, I posted a quote today. Progress is found in the unlearning. And that's exactly what this whole process is, is unlearning stories we've told ourselves, things we've been taught. And this is just another piece of recovery work. Um, But it's work. I feel like I feel lucky that we have been compelled to do this work because other, I mean, look at the people who follow me, not on this social media account, but on my other one for fitness who are showing up without our story and they have, they're not compelled to do anything about their marriage and they're hurt and they have a crappy sex life and they have no trust. And it's, I feel lucky that as sucky as that sounds, we feel compelled to do something different. Yes. I love it. Progress is found in the unlearning. Love it. So how do we, how do we move through this? How does a couple move through this or an individual move through this, Brennan? Um, the, to, you, to you, face you, the you blame, good girl. You blame your spouse for all of your problems. Oh, good. Okay, <laughs> I got that. 
<laughs> and we're out. <laughs> and that's it. No, get to work. If it's not working for you, then then what is in your control? Um, get humble and get open to new possibilities. If if your if your line of thinking is getting you the results in your life that you're getting, then then shift your thinking. Um, you know, find some good examples of of uh, people who have healthy sex life. Go find um, a, a sex therapist as a couple. Be careful, but yeah, you, be careful where you go. But yeah, that's where I got in a little bit of like, oh no, everything I've been taught for betrayal trauma, like it's it had me questioning. It was safe. I just wasn't super ready. Right. I think. Right. <laughs> so for me, what worked better was like finding um, maybe podcasts and um, books that I could like have bits at a time mm-hmm. and be more directed in what I wanted to learn and what I was okay moving forward uh-huh. to sit and allow myself to sit. Well, in one, that. one thing, one line of thinking that, that we're taught all the time is that, you know, keep, keep, sex to yourself don't talk about it and i think it's really healthy to talk to your girlfriends about about some things like what does work and what's you know you know you don't have to share every last detail of everything but to be able to have open conversations and and draw from other people different thoughts and ideas is helpful as well so um and then and then the next thing is to to have some courage to step into some new things. So y- you think something different and then you behave differently. You see how it works for you. And if it doesn't work, then you pull back and you try something different. Yeah. Um, I would also mention it's a lot of the same idea with beginning recovery work. Just let it take its course. Like it might take you a quicker There's amount a of time than it took me. It may take you longer. There is no wrong way of doing yes. it. Just allow yourself yeah. to be in it. Cool. This has been a good episode, uh, at least for us. Um, so, guys, appreciate you being here. And uh, don't forget, rate and review. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you again. Okay, see you guys.